Welcome into the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy back with you guys tonight with the crew Marty Party, Doc, and a little cheesecake in the house tonight. Marty Party, give me an update. What's new? How are you living? I'm living well. We're uh, getting acclimated to the new home, refinishing all the floors, um, getting it completely new, new siding across all of it, getting a new um, a new privacy fence all around. So the dollars are flying. But uh, yeah, it's other than that, working a bunch. As uh, Doc and I were talking about off air, last day of the month, we're both in sales. It's go time, baby. Go time. Never a uh, business never sleeps. Else are uh, Marty and Doc. Trying to make sales happen. I respect it. Doc, how is the sales life for you? How is life in general? Sales life is good. I mean, like Marty said, it's a grind. I missed uh, an invite to a fantasy football league because I was just trying to squeeze in as much meetings. But I'm not missing the baseball show. You know we're uh, in the same Scott Fish, Des Bryantly, right? Really? What pick do you have? I had the fifth pick. You had the second pick, right? The guys that were three and four took the full two hours. Yeah, I know. They auto-picked. Oh. But uh, yeah, I saw, I was like, oh, we got put in the same one. That's kind of interesting. Uh, and then, of course, Elsie in the house tonight. Elsie, for those that don't know, we uh, did a football auction for the kids at his school. And Doc, myself, and Elsie, for <laughs> two and a half hours last week, we commentated a football draft. And it was quite a good time. I think we, uh, we, we have, may have a future career in doing something with that. I don't know. Maybe it was pretty bad outside of us listening to it. But I thought it was pretty fun, Elsie. I thought that was really fun. I thought the ideas that the you know when you when you're in a league, a home league that does that the 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 trophy goes from person to person with the nameplates of the winners. And during the draft, they set up whammy players where everyone takes jello shots when those players get drafted. And you never know which players are gonna be the whammy players because it's random. And uh it's just super fun to see these guys. They're 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 in Maryland. It's this type of stuff's going on all over the country. It was great to be part of that that draft. It was great to have uh, have them invite us in. And of course, they supported my kids' school with uh, and and actually bid on that for an auction. And uh, I couldn't be happier to have done that for them. It was it was a great time uh, commentating on that. And you know. We we did find out that the Jello shots took a toll on certain <laughs> teams' drafts, but um, but uh, but we'll see how it pans out. I, I'm going to be interested. The uh, the blackout, I think it was the blackout league, was the yeah. name of it. Uh, I'll be looking to see what they do this year. It's fun. They're the definition of when you're playing fantasy sports with your friends. You know, it seems like everybody's close. They have. It was really cool. They sent us an email. It was like their league history in terms of finishes, the scoring. Uh, just the crazy nuances of it. it it's again, it, when you're playing with friends for years and years and years, that's what you want your league to be that's like. That's what it's all the, about. Yeah. So that, that's what we love fantasy sports. And that's why we're on a fantasy baseball show talking fantasy baseball. So without further ado, let's get into the triple play fantasy rundown. And I apologize. My soundboard is not working, so there will be no sound Ooh. drops, but you guys will always see the screens on the graphics on YouTube and a reminder 
It's like we did get a comment about this. The, all the podcast stuff is also on YouTube. You can check out Triple Play Fantasy. Uh, all our episodes there you can check out there with the graphics and all the good stuff. So There are time codes also, so you can just skip to me bashing Marty for his two-star pitcher. Uh, I think everybody will just go around that then. <laughs> but, yeah, here we go. We got the rundown kicking things off here. Players that wowed us this week. And starting off with uh, TJ Friel, who last seven days at 364, 418 slash line, two homers, six RBIs, three runs, zero walks, and four strikeouts. Honestly doing some big things for the Reds right now. And I wish I knew who claimed TJ Friel because I do not have my phone on me. Did anybody claim TJ Friel for the rundown? <laughs> or was that my guy? I think that was your guy. That's my guy. Yeah, just checking, just testing you guys. <laughs> and uh, you guys passed the test. So let's talk about TJ Friel. We see on the screen he's got a, over 300 batting average, two homers on the year. And right now he's getting a lot of playing time for the Reds. We saw Jake Fraley right now. Uh, he's sitting consistently against left-handed pitching, as we talked about last week. And with Friel right now, he's hitting uh, – he, he's kind of hitting all around the Cincinnati order. But he's become a, a kind of a, a nice pickup in a pinch as we get to the last month of the season. He's getting ample at-bats and kind of giving you a little bit of everything, not stolen bases, but uh, kind of doing a little bit of everything, like we said, for you here. Uh, I think he's worth an add in 15 team leagues. I don't think I would look anything shallower than that, but 15 team leagues, five outfielders, that's somebody that I would pick up and just ride him until he's, he's not hot anymore. That's what you have to do with a lot of these free agent guys that are kind of just hot for a few weeks and then they cool off and you pick up the next one. So I think TJ Friel definitely fits in that category there. And for those that watch on YouTube, obviously I usually, when I put the graphics up on here, there's a lot more information and I apologize Sometimes life picks up a little bit, so yeah, I, don't, I can't go as in depth on some of these. But we get we're going to bring the information to you regardless. So just because the slides don't have everything on there like they always do doesn't mean that we don't have a ton of great information for you guys. So let's move to the next player here, Isak Paredes. Over his last seven games, a three thirty three, five forty, ten eighty three slash line, three homers, five RBIs, four runs, four walks, and three strikeouts. And we've saw we saw Isak Paredes. On this show, in this segment before, he cooled off and now he's hot again. And he seems like someone we got to pick up down the stretch here. Yeah, so this is uh, my guy. A lot of that is inflated by his game Sunday against the Red Sox, where he went two for two with three walks. Those two hits were were home runs, three RBIs, and three runs. He started four out of the last six games. The games that he hasn't started, he's been a pinch hitter. Now, as a switch hitter, I think it's interesting. He's hitting 260. Um versus uh, left-handed pitchers, but 210 versus righties, but that's where his power is generated from. Um, He hit 239 for August. You pick him up because of the multi-position flexibility, but David, like you said, he's just been a really streaky hitter, and he's he will have certain games that are better than others. He had a multi-home run uh, performance off Nestor Cortez earlier this year, and that's why I think he kind of first got his recognition, but a flash in the pan here or there, but I don't think he's consistent, at least this year. Yeah, I guess it's someone to keep an eye on for sure. But Isak Parade is someone that hopefully plays a lot down the stretch and, and can play a bunch of different positions for you uh, if you need him in a pinch as well. This next player is someone that's very interesting to talk about, and Corbin Carroll, who's only played two games in the bigs, but he's hitting 300, a 500 slug. Zero homers, five RBIs, five RBIs in two games, 10 at-bats. Is, is He's putting in work right now. Four runs, only one strikeout. 
He actually had a hit yesterday that was a double, but in almost any other park, it would have been a home run. I think he hit it pretty much to like straightaway center and it was under like the yellow line in, in Arizona stadium. So it, it should have been a home run, but it was a double, but this kid has it all. He was tearing up triple a and arguably the top prospect in baseball right now. So uh, somebody that I think you have to add regardless of format. What do you guys think? Completely agree. He's only rostered in 48% of Yahoo league. So he's still out there. ESPN. It's always lower because most people from ESPN have already moved on to football. Um, so yeah, he, he's my guy for this week. I picked him up in one of my leagues. Um, his sprint speed is in the 99th percentile. He's literally one of the fastest people in all of baseball. So this is going to be cool. And what you'll see on the rundown is you're going to see a lot of names you're not used to because teams are just, you know, picking up and, um, uh, calling up people out of nowhere. So Carol is going to be, there's one thing that kind of does bother me. Um, and what we're going to see how this plays out over the next 30 games and uh, Eric Cross, you know, friend of the show, friend of all of us, um, he tweeted today, Car- uh, Corbin Carroll goes three for 10 with two doubles, four runs, five RBIs in his first two Major League Baseball games, and then he gets benched. Why? Because Arizona is facing a mediocre left-handed pitcher, and that's not even why. Uh, uh, Carroll did uh, really well in AAA versus lefties. Uh, he, he slashed 280, 368, 462. The problem is the Diamondbacks are going to limit his plate appearances. There we go. That's it. Bingo. Carroll's only allowed 120 at-bats for the remaining 34 games, and he, he's already had 10 plate appearances in two games. So they're going to be sitting him more often than we would like to see. So if you're in a daily league, daily moves, you'll be fine. You know, he'll be able to, you'll be able to slot him in there. It's something you have to think about, um, especially if he will face a couple lefties over the week. He may, he may sit, but he is so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He's just absolutely incredible. He's a lot he's, of fun. He's a five-tool player, and – somebody that is going to be the favorite for rookie of the year in the national league next year. And he's going to get some major league experience without losing that eligibility over the last month of the season here. Diamondbacks have a lot of great players in this system head headlined by Corbin Carroll. And I'm really excited to see him play. The one thing I would question is his power. And that's something that if you listen to any kind of prospect talk, they'll talk about that. The Reno, uh, the AAA Reno for the Diamondbacks, they play in a park that it's very, yeah. yeah. So those numbers get inflated. We saw that with Alec Thomas, where Alec Thomas was putting up some good power numbers in AAA, and then he hasn't necessarily translated to the big leagues. Although people say, of course, Corbin Carroll has better power than Alec Thomas does. I just don't know if he's going to be the type of player you're going to see like 30 home runs from. But, you know, he could be a, a he's a five tool player, could hit you 20. Uh, so I, I think he's definitely somebody that. It'll be interesting to see where he goes in drafts next year. I don't I don't get the sense. I don't know if he's going to be in that Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez type of territory in terms of just like the hype going into the season. But very, very much an interesting young player here. Elsie, uh, let's go to you. Let's talk about Corey Dickerson since of the, uh, sorry, St. Louis Cardinals. Last seven days of 481, 481, 704 slash line, one homer, three RBIs, three runs. He's got 10 walks to four strikeouts here. And somebody that is getting a lot more playing time for the Cardinals, as we've seen uh, just them shuffle their lineup around so much. We saw, we've seen Paul DeYoung getting less playing time. We're seeing uh, just, uh, I can't think of the outfit. Why did I just lose his name at the top of my head? Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson. Uh, Dylan Carlson uh, now getting benched as well. We're just kind of seeing the Cardinals just putting guys in. And, and Dickerson's getting more playing time, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Is he somebody down the stretch that you find yourself wanting to add on in Fab? Yeah, I picked him up last weekend, um, and I want him now, and I want him for next week. 
as well. <clears throat> He's been hitting uh, in in the uh, against right-handers. He still sits against lefties, but <clears throat> over the next um, from now until a week from Sunday, they the Cardinals face one lefty. So he's basically starting every day against righties. In August, his expected batting average has been 361 over 54 plate appearances. He's not walking. He's not barreling the ball, but his expected batting average is super high. His power isn't really there. But the Cardinals offense is very good. He's been getting counting stats. He's hitting fifth in the order, sixth in the order. So he's hitting in a good spot. Um, I think you pick him up right now and you just watch who the Cardinals are playing as long as he's hot and that lineup is hot. He's going to get the benefit of that. And he's super hot right now. And, and, and you're not going to get power. You're not going to get speed, but you'll probably get good batting average and good counting stats as long as he's facing righties, at least for the, and I'm taking for the next week and a half, I think. All right. Corey Dickerson, get him on your team says LC. Let's talk about a pitcher. Let's talk about a closer really quick here. Let's talk about AJ Puck, who over the last seven days, he's pitched three innings. He has a save, but right now he looks like he's the the guy for Oakland and we need saves at this point in the year. Uh, I think um, well, uh, there's just, I can't always have like the names pop out of my head and then they pop back in my head. <laughs> they just transferred Danny Jimenez to the 60 day IL. So he's not pitching. I think Luke, um, they, another pitcher, I think it's, um, Luke, it's not Luke Jackson. Um, they just had another, I think his last name is Jackson. He just went Zach Jackson, Zach Jackson. Thank you. Yeah. To the, uh, he's also on the IL. So AJ mm-hmm. Puck seems like the guy for saves here. And doc, again, we need him at this point in the year. Is he someone that you're going to trust for saves and kind of just roll the dice with everything else? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think at this point you are trying to get saves. And, you know, we see someone like Ryan Presley goes on the IL and then Rafael Montero is a big pickup. And um, so anytime that you can get an opportunity of someone that's going to be the closer. Now, he has some good metrics, um, you know, K percentages up from last year, walk percentages down, hard hit percentages down. Um, you know, since the second half, he's thrown 15 innings, uh, 154 average. Now, the thing that worries with me with him is his command. He's walked batters three out of the last four outings, he said, and he's had eight hit by pitches this year. So that gives me a little pause for concern. You know, it's something we've seen with people like Aroldis Chapman, where that one bad outing you can have where your ratios really blow up if you allow, you know, four or five going for the save. So I think you take him, um, but also knowing that it, that is a possibility. And, possibility with the command issues that he seems to have. Yeah. I think we've seen how wild AJ Puck can be. That's why he hasn't had a a real hold of the closers job because of that wild side he has, but he's kind of the de facto guy at this point. So if you have room for your ratios to wiggle around a little bit, especially something like your whip, then I would take a chance with him as your closer to get some saves as well i will say this he's allowed one home run since the fourth of july so with everything we've said like the command issues are the only thing they're big but everything else looks really good yeah i agree let's talk really quick here about brandon hughes who right now looks like the best pitcher in the cubs bullpen his last seven days only does have one save 3.1 innings a 270 era and i believe the last time he got a save he has 
you got to save on 818, you got to save on 819, and then you got to save on 823. So he has three saves over his last nine appearances here. Uh, but again, I think he is the best guy in the, the Cubs bullpen that's three saves since 818. So um, he's doing it now over a short period of time. If you look at his numbers on the season, he's got an 11.63K per nine, walking under three per nine. The BABIP 222, so uh, it's not like it's definitely lower than it could be, but it's not super low. And the ERA 296, the FIP 420, which is not great, but it's still respectable. I feel like he's going to be the guy down the stretch to get saves for the Cubs. And again, how many saves will that be? I'm not sure. But again, we're talking about guys here if you need saves and kind of distancing themselves as potential closers. Brandon Hughes seems like one of the guys that you should start looking into here. All right, let's go now and let's talk about Bailey Falter, who I got to be honest with you. He's on the rundown here because we're at this point in the season where there's so many guys coming through here and and we're not sure what they are and, and they come in and make pinch starts. And Bailey Falter did that six innings, five hits, a 450 ERA in his last start, six strikeouts for the Phillies here. And he's going to be in there, I assume, for the long haul here. Zach Wheeler is on the IL. Marty Party, is he somebody that you're streaming in the right matchups, you're avoiding completely? What are your thoughts on Bailey Falter? As of right now with Mr. Falter, I am avoiding him completely. So, number one, home runs are a big problem. He's given up 12 home runs in his last 51 innings, and he's primarily a two-pitch pitcher because when you – like a sinker and four seam, they're fine. You know, they're working pretty good off each other. But you look to a slider, a 327 expected batting average against, and his curveball, 371 expected batting average against. So those two balls are getting absolutely crushed. When you go to a stat cast page, everything is pretty much in the blue. But if we are going to look for like a little a little bit of a silver lining here, um, he limits walks. You know, he does a pretty good job controlling uh, controlling the ball. Right now he has a, a cupcake uh, matchup. Well, not really. Hit. The Diamondbacks actually have been pretty good the last couple of days. But right now he's going against the Diamondbacks, and he just had a 1-2-3 inning in the first, a couple ground outs and a fly ball. Um, very deep leagues. You know, if he's a two-star pitcher, maybe in a 15-team league, maybe just roll the dice on him if you need counting stats. But other than that, I'm staying fully away. But he should be – he looks like he's going to be there. Uh, he's slotted number two on roster resource right now uh, for now until the um, – for the foreseeable future. But he's a desperate uh, he's a desperate play. So if he were on your two-star pitcher TV in the take-a-seat section? As of right now, unless it was two crispy matchups, you know, unless it was like the, the Pirates and the A's, you know, outside of like that kind of thing, yeah, he would be – he'd be hanging out with Mr. Hansen. <laughs> All right, I like it. Elsie, wrap us up here. Jose Suarez may be the most interesting pick of all of the bunch here. Last start, six innings, three hits, a three ERA, three walks, six strikeouts. He's getting starts now for the Angels. What do you think? Is, is Jose Suarez someone we should look at? I think so, especially in a deep league. Um, I'd be looking to pick him up. Suarez is someone who I was looking interested in coming into the season because by some metrics – Last season, his changeup was the best changeup in all of baseball. And I thought, well, there's possibility there if he has can learn how to add to that pitch. Early on in the season, he didn't quite have the feel of the changeup. But if you look at how it has progressed season to season, expected batting average on the changeup has only gone from 207 to 213 from last season to this. Um, 
one of the changes he has made also is that he throwing the slider now 16% of the time, way up from 3% of the time, and, and he's starting to get some dividends, pay some dividends on this pitch mix change and the continued effectiveness of the changeup. Now, I think one of the things I was worried about was his innings pitched with the Angels only throwing using a six-man um, rotation. He's only going to be able to throw one time a week. And early on in the season, he wasn't really getting five innings. In August, he has three wins, 28 innings pitched in his, um, I believe, six starts. So averaging nearly five innings per start, but a 1.01 whip and a 2.51 ERA striking out 25%, only walking 6%. His next two starts are home against Detroit and then at Cleveland. I would be putting him out there for both of those starts at least. I think that, um, you know, he's never going to give you a two-start week. But um, as long as he's continuing to pitch like this and he's throwing off of that um, that changeup really well, that slider's actually been very effective for him, one of the reasons why he's throwing it so much more now. I think that he could be looking to have a good closeout to his season um, and could be a good September pitcher for you. All right, Jose Suarez, somebody we're interested in potentially down the stretch. What are your guys' thoughts on Trevor Rogers, who came back today after having 12 strikeouts in AAA? He has his first start today against the Rays, and this is a pretty good game. Six innings, five hits, one earned run, one walk, five strikeouts. A little bit deeper looking into that, he had 12 whiffs on 84 pitches, had six whiffs with his patented changeup, a 37% CSW with that pitch. And his velocity was up slightly a little bit, about half a tick on the yearly average here. Is Trevor Rogers back? Is he somebody that if he's on your free agent wire, you got to pick up? Because I think at this point, if he's anywhere close to what we saw at the beginning of last year, you got to take a shot with him at this point. I haven't been burned by Trevor Rogers. I think more than anybody I tweet about it every time I play him that I say, there's no doubt about it. I am ready to get hurt again. The Michael Scott, um, gift, mm-hmm. um, I, 264 ERA last year with an X ERA of 337. I mean, he had the 28.5 K percentage with only the 8.4 walk percentage. So we're all just holding on to last year. Maybe there was a phantom injury or something we don't know about, but in a 12-team or 15-team league, maybe. I'm staying away from him for now in my 10-team league. So I always do the opposite of what Marty like happens. <laughs> I haven't owned any Trevor Rogers shares. I haven't streamed him at all. So I haven't been hurt by him. I was out on him initially because I just I didn't see it for where he was going in drafts. But I absolutely think you do take a chance on him. I mean, you know, he, he – Saved a little bit of wear and tear, and what we're seeing with pitchers now is even ones that appear healthy that are on the younger side. You know, Gonsolin goes on the aisle with an oblique strain. Shane McClanahan with left shoulder discomfort. You want to take who's healthy and who has talent there at that time, and maybe mm-hmm. the Marlins see what they have out of him the rest of the year. I mean, he only he's only thrown 87 innings this year, and it's not out of the Marlins' realm to sell some of their players this offseason. Like that that's something I'll never rule out with Marlins is trade a young talent. So maybe they want to put him on display and see if they can get some value for him. It could be. Also, it's September 1st. It's desperation time. Anyone who has shown that sort of uh, ability to maybe get you a couple 
couple of September 10 strikeout performances like like Rogers showed. I think he, he, someone should pick him up in nearly. He should go claimed in every 15 and 12 team league because he just has too much potential in that arm, even though he hasn't shown it this season. And see, overall, uh, the rosters are getting worse. You know, we're going to see yeah. that. Like a lot of teams are starting to mail it in. We're going to see a lot of quad A guys up. So, yeah. Is he a free agent in our home league or is he picked up? <laughs> Either way, I'm Probably not going to get him now. Agent. I'm not going to get him now because my phone's not on me. And Doc's yeah, Doc, put your phone. money where your mouth is. Put in that claim. <laughs> I, would, I would pick him up right now, but my phone's let's not see, on let's me. Let's see who he's playing. Let's see who he's playing. Trevor Rogers is a free agent, and he pitches next Wednesday at Phil. I'm not going to pick him up. For uh, I'll pick at, him up. At I'll, I'll, He's I will pick Philly. him up for the uh, for the, uh, the audience. I will take the gamble. But David doesn't need to take the gamble because he's out of the playoff race. Uh, not technically if I win out, but it's it's been a rough year for your boy who's had injuries really start mounting up, and I was like third in the league in scoring, and then I've had a couple of rough weeks the last few weeks here. Yeah, it wasn't. First of all, I also to, I was to, like, to, wasn't one of the pointers of from your tweet that you did that not that like people hate when fantasy uh, people talk about their fantasy teams. Wasn't that like something that was said multiple times? Probably. Which I don't. I don't have a problem with. Probably, but you know what? I'm going <laughs> against it today because the one thing I will say, and Doc even said, "Wow, that's bad luck." Is I've had four losses this year. Uh, I had one law. I've had one loss by two points. I've had two losses by three points and I've had one loss by nine points. I've had four losses in single digits. That's not even counting the ones I've had a couple that are like, like less than 20 that are like, okay, it's like not that close, but I've had four single digit losses this year. It's absolutely bonkers. Can we, can we have the people respond to this? David was up by 12 and I told him to sit Rodone and he said no points scored mean or makes a difference. Yeah. Rodone got negative 15. Like who would have thought at that point, that was when Rodone was like the early Cy Young. Like that was when he literally hadn't had a bad start yet. He had been like the best pitcher in baseball to that point. And I told David, I said, no, you secure the win when you can. We had this discussion when this happened. And I think they all, I think everybody agreed except for you. That at that point you play because you want the more points. You think you secured a win with someone like Carlos Rodon out there. Well, you listen to you listen to me, receipts Mendelssohn, before you listen to okay. others. Let me ask you guys this before we move on here. Is Kyle Wright the quietest seven and seventeen and five, two eighty-five ERA you've He's seen? Seventeen and five. Wow. He is literally seventeen and five with a two eighty-five ERA after today's game. Exactly. Yeah, he's incredible. And have anybody been talking about? We talked about it when breaking out at the beginning of the year, and then he yeah. had kind of like a small rough patch that people were like, "Oh, maybe it's not fully for real." But he has kept it up the entire season, and I feel like nobody's talked about it. Yeah, in the last yeah, few months, the only bad game he's had was against the Mets, and the Mets have been, you know, great team. There was this. He was one. There was some small chatter on right at the end of spring, and. If you had your ear to the ground, you got a great season out of him because he was available in almost every league at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a lesson to to look at these teams and and maybe look at former prospects and see that are getting another chance on a good team. That that seem, seems like a good good rule. Yeah, Kyle Wright, uh, somebody that was I think the fifth overall pick by the Braves had had horrible horrible <laughs> outings with them early on in his career. And I have to dig in deep what he made the big change was. I I, I know I can find it uh, if I look a little bit into it, but he made some changes and they've showed this year. 
And he's going to be somebody on every show that you hear people talk about. Biggest surprises, breakouts from this season. He'll be mentioned then, and everybody's going to talk about him then. But right now, everybody's so focused on other things that he's kind of getting pushed kind of under the radar here. we got to acknowledge that this man might win 20 games this year and have a sub-3 ERA, which is pretty crazy from where he went last, where he was last year. Very nuts. Um, all right, let's go now to a triple play favorite. Let's go ahead and do some bring out your dead. So go ahead and take it away, LC. Welcome all, welcome all. Bring out your dead. I'll be coming by later with my lovely cot. Drag the buddies out to the cot. They've been stinking up your fantasy baseball rosters for far too long. Today, we got a lot of people writing in, needing needing some services. Are your boy the Cartman? Um, Cartman, that's me. Are your boy Cartman coming through to bring out your dead? Not only do we have baseball uh, players, we also have football players suggested on bring out your dead. That's an August 31st bring out your dead session right there. But we probably got more just goes to show you uh, just because the season's winding down doesn't mean you don't still have your stinkers on your roster. Starting off, we have uh, Eduardo Escobar and Aaron Savale sent in by Davis Forrest. Uh, Aaron Savale, I just have to say, 14 on 11 since his interview with Triple Play Fantasy on December 31st, 2020. Uh, if you want to check out the interview of uh, uh, with Cleveland pitcher Aaron Savale by one David, uh, he's been 14-11 since then. That is a good good luck charm. David had a good conversation with him in 2020. Um, two IL stints on his season lasting at least three weeks, cutting up the end of his May, cutting up his July. Hard to get into a rhythm, just hasn't gotten to a rhythm, hasn't pitched well otherwise. Eduardo Escobar just returned from the IL and started two of his last three games. I am confused, though. Um, huge Braves fan said Eduardo Escobar is one of the most amazing players I've ever watched. So the, the mixed messages here. Huge Braves fan loves Eduardo Escobar. And Davis is saying he's bad. I, I, I'm not sure. You know, he did just come back. He might get some playing time. Huge Braves fan thinks Eduardo Escobar is fantastic. Maybe, I, I'm not sure uh, uh, if Davis is uh, Davis is seeing what I'm seeing, but huge Braves fan loves him. Jose Barrios, another common, common complaint here. Jose just not doing it. At least five earned runs six times in his last 20 starts. You never know when the blowups are going to come. That's 30% of his games this season in the last 20 starts. He's given up at least five earned runs, and some of them as much as eight. Barrios expected to be a stabilizer, expected to be a guy that will give you so solid innings on a good squad, not doing it this year for you. Fishy Fisher 82 submitted Jose Barrios. Yeah, rough season from him. Not sure how to value him for next year. Haven't quite done my rankings. Chris Taylor suggested as well. Taylor, I had no idea. Uh, the strikeouts had been so bad. He has the highest strikeout percentage in all of baseball of all those with at least 350 plate appearances, 36 to 37, almost 37%. He's missed uh, more than a month of time, and he's still fourth in Major League Baseball with at least two uh, 45 games of two-plus strikeouts. 
Mike Genry suggests that Chris Taylor, he was a sucker for positional versatility. Mike, for you, and because all of us are suckers for p- positional versatility, I wrote a positional uh, 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 flexibility haiku, and I'm going to read it right now. Positional flex ability next time may just take a good hitter. That's my uh, positional flexibility that is haiku. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just, just just take a good hitter next time. Don't worry about what position he plays. You're going to kill yourself with these guys. I'm the same <laughs> way, though. I can't hate. I, oh, I, everyone goes, oh, positional flexibility. That's like the that's the tiebreaker for everything until you're stuck with Chris Taylor. Uh, you down with OBP, Fantasy Baseball, one of the greatest podcast names in Fantasy Baseball. You down with OBP, suggested Brandon Lowe. Uh, just placed on the IL today, retroactive to August 28th. Um, so he's going back on the IL. Uh, he missed time from May till two months from the middle of May to the middle of July. His home run to fly ball is half of what it was last season. Low might be one of these fence scraper guys who's having trouble with the uh, with the with the balls um, not flying as far this season. But um, you know, on the on the IL again, this guy's been a total disappointment with all the injuries and the power drop. Still has a 114 WRC plus on the season. That you have to like, but not the power and just so many injuries. Definitely happy to come take him off in my cot. Ian Anderson, next person suggested on Bring Out Your Dead. Andrew Murphy wouldn't say he hurt me, but a disappointment this season was Ian Anderson had high hopes, but unfortunately didn't work out. So I had to drop him from the pitching staff. Ian Anderson has a five ERA on the season. He has a 1.51 whip. He's managed to string together 10 wins on the season. Holy moly. How did that happen? Uh, He pitches for Atlanta. That's how it happened. Still five ERA best ERA over the course of a month this season. His best month was 4.13 in May. I don't even want to think about Ian Anderson ever anymore. So uh, I offer you guys Ian Anderson, the flautist for the great hard rock band Jethro Tull. Uh, So don't think about Ian Anderson, the pitcher. Think about Jethro Tull. Just go put on the song Aqualung and uh, you'll recognize the band. Great band. Don't even think about the pitching staff. He's he's hurting a lot of players, teams this year. Uh, Giolito, of course, suggested again. Giolito has been just a thorn all season in the side of players. We already have a nickname for Lucas, a player who pro- regresses to a level of performance that it was believed the player had surpassed. Last week when I kept put, put that up, Giolito pitched a good game. Guess what? His next start, bad again. Wolf also suggested Cabrian Hayes and Luis Urias, two guys who I put I put some stock in, hoping to get some steals and power from Cabrian. Power's not there. Only the 232nd best player on Rasball, Luis Urias, 315th best player on Rasball. Power didn't translate. Batting average, which looked like it was there in his minor league career, has not translated well. Strikeouts are very high, just not producing for us. We had another suggestion of Jared Kelnick this year uh now jared 
sitting in the minor leagues, hurting people from the minor leagues. He's already a staple of Bring Out Your Dead. He's the front runner for the Bring Out Your Dead Rookie of the Year. Is he still considered a rookie, or did he play too much last season? I think he's a rookie. Yeah, he's the front runner for the Bring Out Your Dead Rookie of the Year. Drafted around <laughs> pick 120 in draft season. Kelnick giving you nothing. Nathan Nada. Javi Baez, one of my favorite players in all of baseball, unfortunately, unfortunately, not doing it for uh, not doing it for the Detroit Tigers or your fantasy baseball teams. Though I, uh, I, they, the Detroit's been playing Seattle. I, um, I did notice if you do not like the way he's hitting, because Javi Baez has a seventy-nine WRC plus this season, apparently. We can look forward to the epic Javi Baez versus Marco Gonzalez uh, a beef, according to Luke Arkins. So those of us who who aren't can't enjoy good base hits and home runs and RBIs and stolen bases from Javi Baez may get the other experience of perhaps a fight and Marco Gonzalez and him with a brush back pitch. I don't know. I'm just trying to I'm I'm trying here, you know. Today he he got a base hit off of a ball that bounced, I think. So he got one back for you on a bad swing, everyone. Javi Baez just not doing it for you. Is he a five-tool player? No way. Eleven home runs, eight stolen bases on the season, hurting your team, just having a rough one. Hopefully bounces back next year. We'll see where his draft price ends up. Doc recommended Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley. Injured all season, out for the out for the season right now. Going for late batting average. He was he was good when he was in there. Hit 288 when he played. Hasn't played since the end of June. Had labral repair surgery, labrum, which helps with your shoulder stability. Check his recovery before we draft next season. And if you were looking for late batting average, it appears that uh, you would better have gone with Luis Arise, unfortunately, because. Uh, Brantley just hasn't been able to stay healthy out for the year. Last but not least, one of the ones that hurts me the most, J.D. Martinez loved his draft price, got him everywhere, didn't didn't send me everything. If you're watching right now, you're looking at the tweet I put up, J.D. Martinez has hit 232 in June, 210 in July, 204 in August, 10 home runs on this season, really killing you. But if it weren't for J.D. Martinez, I wouldn't have found a tweet where uh, um, infamous sports collector Zeke Hempel or Zach Hempel uh, assaulted a man wearing a real pearl necklace um, at a baseball game to try and catch a fly a fly ball from J.D. Martinez. So um, Zeke Hempel is getting is getting sued for his. Uh, techniques of collecting foul balls because of jd martinez that's one good thing he might be have done for us this season otherwise jd just killing us hitting almost 200 for the last three months so we've uh, we've loaded up the cards to have his name mispronounced art continue it (laughs) (laughs) well we've loaded up the cart we're actually all full got no more room i gotta take these guys away we'll see you guys next week all right, that was a big list. Bring out your dead. Everybody's hurting towards the end of the season. Now. David, you missed his haiku. It was unbelievable. I missed it. Yeah, he did a haiku of "Bring out your dead." It was amazing. 
Oh, was that when I had to step away for a yeah. second? Oh man, I have to listen it. to it. I'm gonna have to listen to it back. Uh, so Elsie brought up uh, JD Martinez. Is he done? Done, done. No, I'm not gonna say he's done, done. But I think he'll be po- you know post 200 draft pick next year. You'll get and just hope something changes. It's he just was the- good at the beginning of this season. Yeah, Maybe he just needs to be a part time player. And the Red Sox just overall have fallen apart. You know, and I think mm-hmm. that's something yeah. to do with it. He's used to being on a competitive team. That's why he left yeah. Detroit. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at uh, most added players. Uh, see of CBS every Monday morning. Take a look at the most added. Matt Manning added forty six percent of leagues, and that did not go well in his first start <laughs> against Seattle. When we touted him on this show too, I know many others did as well. And uh, yeah, he's got another start against Kansas City this week, so we'll see how that plays out. Corbin Carroll, Lars Newtbar, who. Looks like a flat-out stud. You have Lars Newbar. You're sitting pretty right now. Rafael Montero, Spencer Watkins, Jake McCarthy we didn't talk about. He could have been on the rundown, and I know we talked about him recently too. He had five RBIs yesterday. He's been just phenomenal for the D-backs in the outfield, somebody that's going to get a lot of playing time for them down the stretch and has 12 steals too. Brandon Hughes for the Cubs and David Peterson. On the flip side, the most dropped, a lot of times guys that are hurt or out for the year. Jared Walsh getting thoracic outlet surgery. He's out for the year. Aldis Chapman has an infection from a tattoo, so he's out. Danny Jimenez, Paul DeYoung, Michael Kopech, Marcelo Zuna, Brett Beatty, and Jesus Aguilar. Brett Beatty just got announced today. He'll be missing at least the next five weeks with a torn UCL, I believe, in his thumb. So he's out. I can attest those hurt. Yeah, so that is uh, not good for those guys. And then as far as games next week, what you need to know, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see this pretty graphic. The Atlanta Braves play five games, and then every other team plays six or seven, except the Brewers and the Giants play eight. So what you need to know is Brewers and Giants, they play eight games. The Atlanta Braves play five games. Everybody else plays six or seven. Let's go now and let's talk about some hitting streamers, and let's go ahead and give it away to Mr. Doc over here. Thanks, David. So the first one, and I had him third on the slides, and once again, you can see this on the YouTube channel about 42 minutes in. It's going to be Jake McCarthy. So David mentioned he's owned in 12.3% of ESPN leagues, but what we've seen in his second season is his hard hit percentage has jumped from 13.5 to 35.2%. RBI in eight out of his last 11 games, he had a two stolen base game against the White Sox. David mentioned 12 on the season. And I was hoping we didn't mention it earlier because I was going to sound really smart, but Corbin Carroll can only play in about 24 out of his 34 games remaining to maintain his rookie eligibility. So it's not guaranteed that he has everyday spot and maybe the Diamondbacks will see it, what they have in Jake McCarthy. I did listen on uh, Sunday night baseball and Tim Kirkshen was saying that Jake McCarthy was the top running back or one of the top athletes in his state. So Sometimes just athletes like that do a really good job of translating to other sports. Next one's going to be Mr. Gavin Sheets, owned in 2.8% of ESPN leagues. He has 62 at-bats so far in August, where he's hit 371, 369, 661 triple slash, four homers, 18 RBIs, and the White Sox need wins. Like They're on the border of not making the playoffs, and they're going to play the hot bat. And first base and outfield eligible, and I'm not trying to make light of the situation. Tony Larusa didn't like to play young players, and with him out, it indefinitely with health issues, the interim manager might just stick around with who's producing. Um, 
The only downside is I've heard from a friend who trained Gavin Sheets in the offseason that he is a D-bag. So putting it out there. And he doesn't have a nose. He doesn't have a nose either. And then the last one is Nick Prado. So owned in 1.5% of ESPN leagues. 10 RBIs in the last four games. Has the power upside, but that also does come with a high K percentage. So do keep that in mind if you're playing in points leagues. And a 15-team league should definitely be rostered. Royals have six games next week, three against Detroit. I'm sorry, Marty. Whenever that happens, I need to point that out, especially with Matt Matt Manning's last outing. And Vinny P on the IL with shoulder discomfort, do they rush him back? Part of me thinks that they might just sit him the rest of the season, which could open up an everyday spot for Prado. And just like we said with players like Joey Manessis a couple weeks ago, you're taking at-bats and opportunities at this point in the season. All right. Good work there from Doc. Let's go from that to Marty Party's two-start pitchers. Let's see how he's got them this week, and let's see if Doc disagrees with any. Oh, I'm sure he will. Um, Yes, this is my favorite part of the whole week, so I'm super excited. And with the two-start pitchers, as always, we start with Gwen Stefani and your no-doubters. Shane McClanahan, you would have had two starts last week, first Boston at New York. That's why it's in yellow here if you're watching on YouTube. But he is on the 15-day IL, so... That's a bummer. Uh, one of my favorite players to watch. But the the no-doubters actually will be playing. Uh, Aaron Nola versus Miami versus Washington. Framber Valdez versus Texas versus the Angels. Jacob DeGrom at Pittsburgh at Miami. And Kevin Gosman at Baltimore at Texas. These are the yeah, why nots. Brandon Woodruff at Colorado versus Cincinnati. Tristan Sticks McKenzie at KC versus Minnesota. Tyler Anderson versus the Giants at San Diego. Blake Snell versus Arizona versus the Doyers. The Doyers matchup is going to be tough, but I still like it. And Lance Lynn, he looks like he's back to form at Seattle, at Oakland. Two uh, two pretty solid matchups for both of them. I'm surprised as a Lance Lynn fan, he wasn't a no-doubter, but I mean, that's okay. Oh, look at my um, my risky business has disappeared, guys. It's finally happened. <laughs> oh, no. That's all right, uh, though. Well, well, right what, you know what? While you pull that up, I'll stall for a minute. Uh, so, Marty... Yeah. You got it ready? Yeah. But go ahead. Oh. What, are you, what are you going to say? Oh, I don't know. I was going to just wing it, but you found it so quickly. So. Bang, bang. So risky business. Even the, the slide itself is risky business. I can't even find it. Uh, starting here with Logan Webb at the Dodgers, at the Cubs. Freddie Per-, uh, Peralta at Colorado versus Cincinnati. Jamison Tyone versus Minnesota versus Tampa Bay. Eric Lauer at Colorado versus Cincinnati. Martin Perez at Houston uh, versus Toronto. Joe Ryan at the Yanks versus Cleveland. Jesus Lazardo at Philly versus the Mets. Marco Gonzalez versus the White Sox versus Atlanta. Marcus Stroman versus Cincinnati versus the Giants. And lastly, Dakota Hudson, which would have been normally a take a seat nine times out of ten, but unless you're playing these two abysmal offenses, versus Washington at the Pirates. Okay, a few comments here. I feel like risky business is where I'm getting my work in. Um, told you a couple weeks ago, Freddie Peralta was risky business. Just, just taking my victory lap on that. That's not why he. That's not why he's in it this time. It's the at Colorado, and when you okay. look at his uh, FIP and his xFIP and his left on base percentage, they're all high. So he's gotten pretty lucky. His ERA still looks good, um, but okay. Yeah. Glad to know you're more scared at Colorado than facing the Dodgers. Good to know that. Uh, Martin Perez. That's a and he did good a, against the Dodgers, which you still yet to admit. He just gave up five runs today. Wow. Um. Martin Perez, that should be a take a seat. I mean, that it didn't do well against the Astros today and, and two kind of tough offenses. Um, 
Starting Dakota Hudson's never going to be a good idea. Ask David. I texted him <laughs> the matchup this week against the Reds. I said, you're playing with fire. He said, oh, it's one of the better streaming options. I said, you're playing with fire. Desperation, baby. Dakota okay. Hudson sucks. He's not very good. But um, with those two matchups, that, that, you know, I, I feel confident that if you're in a if, – if you need if you need it, that's somebody you can possibly stream. Now, going back to Martin Perez – 3.31 X ERA on the season, a 2.69 ERA overall. Um, does a great job in limiting hard contact. I mean, barrel percentage in the 94th percentile, hard hit percentage in the 80th percentile. He's been someone that's flirting usually with a, um, a should start uh, most of the time. But recognizing at Houston versus Toronto, that's going to be a tough week for him. There is no one that has Martin Perez, that, especially in any type of 12 league, 12 team league or 15 team league. You're not going to sit him. You okay, just can't Marty, do his it. last two times versus the Astros today five innings, nine hits, five earned, four walks. I did this before teams. he played today, Doc. Okay. Come on, man. The, the time before that against the Astros five innings, six hits, seven earned, three walks, two Ks. It's one of the best hitting teams in baseball, of course. That's why. Yeah, and he faces them again. And then he faces the Blue Jays. His good starts at Colorado. Minnesota, Seattle, Baltimore. I mean, they're he, against the okay offenses. He's good. He folds against pressure, and Strowman should be a risky bit. Or, um, a, yeah, why not? Those are kind of good matchups. I, I don't have uh, I don't have that much confidence in Strowman. I have more confidence in Martin Perez than I do Strowman. Maybe it's because I like him as a person. I do too. I think he's really cool. I really liked what he did with the with the little kid that was in Toronto. You know, he yeah. went up to him, signed his stuff. Kid was crying, and those. Real quick side note on that: that kid and his family are from London. Next year, the Blue Jays actually go to London, and uh, Marcus Stroman is going to give those that family tickets to the game. So it's full circle. Marcus Stroman is the man; I love him too. But um, dude, he can blow up, and he can blow up quickly. Now, two good matchups, uh, very good matchup for Cincinnati because it's at home at the Giants. Giants are like their thirteenth uh, WRC plus first righties, so. It's not the best matchup in the world, but I put him as risky business because he can blow up very, very easily. Okay. And lastly, let me just scroll up here so we can find the take a seat. Um, let's see who do we got here. Jordan Lyles versus Toronto versus Boston. James Caprillion versus the Braves versus the White Sox. Mitch Keller versus the Mets versus the Cardinals. Chris Archer at the Yanks versus Cleveland. Daniel Lynch versus Cleveland versus Detroit. Chris Buick versus Cleveland versus Detroit. Obviously both Royals. Eric Fetty at St. Louis at Philly. Justin Dunn, Mr. Dunzo at the Cubs at Milwaukee. Ryan Feltner versus Milwaukee versus Arizona. And lastly, the Detroit Tiger, Tyler Alexander at the Angels at Kansas City. Your take a seat for the week. I would take that over Dakota Hudson. You, Al, you, Tyler Alexander? That's yeah. uh, I don't know. That's rough. Tyler Alexander. <laughs> I love bad. when you say stuff like that. That's perfect. <laughs> Most of the time, I'm right, to be honest. No, it's oh, not yourself. true. No, uh, and uh, going back to last week, David, you uh, you were questioning the Jake Odorizzi. Um, you told him he was definitely a take a seat. Well, uh, last week, 11.2 innings, 2.31 ERA, 11 strikeouts, and only three earned runs, and he got you a win. So I'm not I'm not I'm not a doc. I'm not a, a gotcha guy, a receipts guy. <laughs> you know, my uh, my personality doesn't hang on that kind of stuff. But I do have to just present it to you and just say you're wrong. <laughs> that's uh, that's Marty's way of giving you a receipt there, Doc. Uh, I, I'm not the one that said Odorizzi. Yeah, but you're brainwashing me. I would have normally not said that. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll you just, just go gotta pick and choose your battles, David. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
All right, let's go back to Doc. Let's go and talk about some pitching streamers. And you know what? Why is Marty? Why did Marty be hilarious one of these times if you like <laughs> told him one of his streamers was questionable? I do that, but like I said, that's not my personality. I know. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. They're all owned in less than 50% of leagues. You got to be selective. That's true. Go ahead, Doc. All right. Well, the first one, and I, you know, I think Marty hit the nail on the head of just people aren't on ESPN aren't as proactive because Edward Cabrera is owned in less than 50% of leagues. He should be at least 70, 80%. Exactly. So, but I'm using that threshold. So, owned in 48.5% of leagues. Prior to his his outing versus the Dodgers, which we all knew was going to be an uphill climb, he had thrown 22.2 scoreless innings, but still had five Ks in that outing. He has at least five in his last five outings. The command is a little bit of an issue, um, and he does face Atlanta. It's it's going to be a shaky offense, but his upside is going to be higher than what you'll get from most streamers. So if if you're looking for that high upside guy, he's the way to go, but... The, not the best matchup. The next, Kyle Freeland, and I've used him before, but once again, at the end of the season, you're looking for the best matchups, not for differentiation. But owned in 3.9% of ESPN leagues now. Obviously, pitching in cores is a bugaboo, but I'm looking at his last four road starts. He's thrown 23.2 innings, a 2.72 ERA, 20K, seven walks. And those are against good offenses, the Mets, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the um, Padres. And he plays at Cincinnati, but the Reds have scored five or less in seven out of their last eight home games. So they haven't been as scary in Great American Small Park as you typically typically think. And the last one, I can't believe I have him as a streamer, but it, it's hey, kind of yeah. full circle, baby. I'm if, if I'm being honest, it was really shallow this weekend. But as Jake Odorizzi, owning thirteen point seven percent of ESPN leagues. Since joining Atlanta, two earned runs or less in four out of his last five starts. He's getting a little bit more acclimated going at least five his last three starts. And the Marlins are on a cold stretch. They've lost three straight. They're three and seven in their last ten. They just don't look formidable right now. If the Nationals weren't there, they'd be the clear worst team in the NL East. So I feel I feel a little confident with Jake Odorizzi, and those are words I thought I'd never utter. Wow. Jake Odorizzi from Doc. Interesting way to go without that. Dog. Now, if I ever put Dakota Hudson or like Patrick Corbin on here, then like something's wrong with me. <laughs> is Dakota uh, is Dakota Hudson really in the same ballpark as uh, Patrick Corbin? Dude, okay, no, no, it's like Patrick Corbin is like Patrick Corbin. Well, nobody will ever be in that stratosphere. Slightly above that is Vladimir Gutierrez, which like he doesn't pitch anymore. <laughs> is he still in baseball? I don't know. <laughs> then then just like barely above that are like the Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, Dakota Hudson. Like when I think that someone is awful. Where's Chi-Chi Gonzalez fit in that? <laughs> I, I don't need – he doesn't uh, he doesn't have any space in my brain anymore. But like those five, I think arguably the worst five pitchers in baseball right now. I don't know if Justice Sheffield still pitches, but – if he doesn't, Jose, you take that spot. But there's absolutely nothing when I think someone sucks that can change my mind. All right, fair enough. Let's go now to Marty's weekend warriors. Let's go ahead, take it. it away, Marty. Party. My favorite part of this is the sound. You know, I know. I, clip. It's I'm, so we're naked without it. I'm severely bummed here. 
There we go. That was good. Uh, weekend Warriors, uh, as always, these are going to be for your uh, your head-to-head matchups. You know, you're a little desperate this weekend, this weekend being September 2nd through the 4th. Yes, we are already in September. Head-to-head daily leagues, these will be the most valuable. And we've talked about a, a couple of these guys already, starting with Nick Prado uh, for the Kansas City Royals. First base outfield eligibility. Uh, over the last seven days, he's been one of the hottest hitters in baseball. 500 OBPs, eight for his last 17 with a 1.235 slug, three homers, 10 RBIs, six runs. Only 3% rostered in Yahoo League, so he's definitely out there. Uh, Jake McCarthy, outfielder uh, in Arizona. We already went through. He's got three games uh, versus Milwaukee. He will face Corbin Burns one of those days. So that, that one's going to be a tough uh, tough matchup, obviously, for him. Eric Lauer and Jason Alexander, the other two, so obviously not as worried about that. Uh, McCarthy's 38% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, and the Diamondbacks have been on fire uh, the last week, which is – I didn't think I'd actually say that. And someone who I pronounce a dead, I put him on the Boyd list. I, I, you know, I drag him out in the cart and I was done with him. He's back, baby. Riley Green, outfielder for the Detroit Tigers. Three games at home versus the Royals. 37% rostered. He's nine for his last 23 with a 417 OBP and a 739 slug. He's got a home run, seven runs, five RBIs. Still no stolen bases, but it looks like the Tigers just overall. They were actually like... Um, they were, I think, top 10 in stolen bases last year overall as a team. And then this year, they're in the bottom five. So they've completely gotten away with it uh, and gone away from from stealing. But that should be in Green's, um, in his DNA. You know, it was in the minors. And so I'm hoping it turns around. But, uh, yeah, three of the weekend warriors on the hitting side uh, for this weekend, Nick Prado, Jake McCarthy, and Riley Green. Then going over to the pitching side. So Kyle Gibson, Gibby. He's been on this. Um, he's been on this list a few times. Forty-nine percent rostered at the Giants this weekend. Five out of his last six starts are quality starts. Over his last thirty-one point one innings, he has thirty Ks, two point three zero ERA, a one point one two WHIP. And San Francisco, they actually they're not thirteenth. Uh, San Francisco is eighteenth in WRC plus first righties this season. So uh, Kyle Gibson, I like his matchup this week, uh, this weekend, and then two um, Baltimore pitchers to round it out. Because Oakland is absolutely terrible. So Austin Voth, 11% rostered over the last two weeks. He has a 17.2, uh, over his last 72.2 uh, innings, he has 10 Ks, a 1.53 ERA, and a 0.96 whip. So um, back-to-back quality starts for Voth. One was against the Astros. The other one was against the White Sox. And the A's are the fourth worst team versus righties this season. So good matchup there, and it's going to be at home for him. And then Dean Kremer versus Baltimore or uh, versus Oakland, sorry, 16% rostered. Um, he's 30 over his last 32 innings. He has 21 Ks, a 2.25 ERA, a 0.94 WHIP, and three quality starts. And just overall, man, the um, the Baltimore Orioles, the pitching staff, you may not be able to name all five of them, but they've been pretty good all season. And uh, they're fighting. They're only like one and a half games out of the playoffs, so you know they're going to bring their best game. So to round off my weekend Warriors on the pitching side. Kyle Gibson, Austin Voth, and Dean Kremer. All right. Those are some weekend warriors for you. Before we get to last part of the show, arts, charts, and trends, I want to ask you guys, top of your head, how many players do you think this year have a shot at 2020? Just a guess. 2020. At 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. I know Julio's there, right? So that's one. Um, Is your boy Bobby Witt there yet? I was going to say Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt just hit his 19th home run today. So assuming he hits one more home run the rest of the year, he'll be there as well. What's Mullins at? 
Uh, Cedric Mullins is at 11 home runs. Um, yeah, he's no 29 steals though. He's second in baseball in steals. Um, what about Lindor? Lindor has 21 homers, 14 steals. He probably won't hit that. I'm gonna say five. Acuna, Acuna has steals, but he's short on power, right? Acuna is 11 home runs, 25 steals. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what about Mookie? Which I would guess would have been the opposite. Coming 31 homers, 12 steals. So the Trey ones Turner? that looking at realistically have a shot to do it. Uh, you have Randy Arozarena has 18 homers and 27 steals. Mm-hmm. Tommy Edmond only has 11 homers, so Tommy Edmond's not going to get it. Um, yeah. Adolis Garcia, 21 and 22. So he's already done it. Dude, okay. sneaky good. Sneaky good. Trey Turner, 18 and 22. So he's expected to do it. Marcus mm-hmm. Semyon, 2020. Kyle Tucker, 22 and 19. Yeah, I was going to ask about Kyle Tucker. Mm-hmm. And then Starling Marte is 16 and 18. I think he's an outside shot to get four and two over the last month of the season, especially with the Mets in contention here. Yeah. But I would say that's, uh, I agree. Prob- that's probably about it. Michael Harris, if he played the full season, he's 13 and 16. Dansby Swatson, 17 and 16. Yeah, Andres, we, we hear a lot about like, um, you know, prospects and, you know, we talk about, oh, he'll get you, you know, 15 home runs, 20 stolen bases. I mean, we got to really got to start curbing our, uh, you know, our enthusiasm for that kind of stuff. Because in the even at this point, the Absolutely. best players in baseball aren't even hitting that. That's right. I mean, realistically looking, I mean, Dansby Swanson, if you give him four homers and three steals, that's going to be one, two with Starling Marte if he gets there. Three with Kyle Tucker, four Marcus Simeon, five Trey Turner, six Adolis Garcia, seven Julio Rodriguez, eight Bobby Witt, nine Randy Arozarena, and t- uh, and ten. Um, actually, I guess it's nine. Yeah. So it's like realistically, you probably have nine players get there this year, and that's with three of the ones I mentioned. Like assuming that they'll get there based on their numbers they have now. Mm-hmm. So what does that say about saying a player can hit twenty twenty? Right, like we were saying, and to think Robbie Grossman did it last year, unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, Jose Ramirez just needs uh, six more stolen bases. Six in a month is a lot. I know. Yeah. Um, point though. Yeah, it I, is tough. It is tough, and everyone's chasing those steals. You're trying to get them. You always overdraft steals. Always overdraft speed. It seems. You know what's crazy is Aaron Judge is 14. Yep. I saw oh, that. Wow. No way he runs that much, though, in the final month. No. Will he get the 60? Yeah, I think he does. Will he get the 62? Mm-hmm. No. I think he gets to 60. What do you guys think? Oh. What is he uh, at right now? 51. 51? Oh. Yeah. Shit. Nah, he gets to 58. That's right. That's say around there. A maintenance days. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a good yeah. amount. Wow. And what about Pujols? Does he get, does he, number one, does he pass a ride? He only needs three more to do it. And does he get 700? Yes. To both. Wow. That's six home runs over the next 34 games. I think it's one of those things. I heard rumors. They said like Derek Jeter and his last at bat, that they kind of cruised him a, a couple pitches so he could hit one. I wouldn't be shocked to see the teams that aren't in contention. He plays the nationals a lot. Yeah, Patrick Corbin's be sh- a lefty. 
Hey, I, I wouldn't ones. be shocked to see him get a few more and then a team just like grooves it in there for him to get it. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked at this point. I, I asked this question today on Twitter and I want to ask you guys this. You take A-Rod right now. Okay. So he comes out of the broadcast booth, investing all that <laughs> stuff. And he puts on a uniform for the entire season. DHing. He's at 696 career home runs. Does he get to 700? Does he have time to like spring training and yeah, like, he gets like the full ramp up and everything, but like he's going to DH and he's going to play as he is right now. My question is what team is he on? Let's say he's on his home um, ballpark. Do you think it matters the team? So you don't think like he could do it. He could do four home runs no matter what team he was on. He hit most of his home runs to left field. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. He's 47 right now. I've been watching the captain documentary, which is really good if you haven't. I think the pitching has really changed since he last. And I mean, in 2016, it feels like pitchers are pitching less. So you're having relievers come in more that there's a lot of people he hasn't seen. It would take a while if he hasn't hit a baseball. Four in home years. runs an entire season. Would he get six hundred plate appearances? To, yeah, six hundred plate appearances. I think he gets four, but six hundred yeah. plate appearances. That means that he plays every day for the most part. Or, or this is a which leads me to my question: Was he allowed to take performance enhancers? Because <laughs> if so, maybe. Yeah, I guess that could change anything. But no, uh, I'd but, say there's no way. There's no way he'd be able to do it. It's hard when you're out of the game that long. The amount of concentration and, and like the bat speed to be able to catch up with 100 miles an hour, or like 97 miles an hour. I feel like when you've been out of the game this long, it'd be hard for him to like adjust. Okay, so in his final season, he had 243 plate appearances and he hit nine home runs. So that was at 40 years old. He's 47 now. It's tough. It, I don't know. I think in the hit by pitches, a lot of guys are going to hit him. Our buddy Steven Johnson put this, and actually was like by mine when I was I tweeted it out. It's like the the modern day Mister Three Thousand. Yeah, it's like if you uh, look at I, for those that are what I think is curious, and I know I'm getting a little off topic. Is looking at players before we started playing fantasy baseball and how they would be in roto leagues like Pujols in his early years or A Rod with Seattle or Texas. That'd be a cheat code. Barry Bonds. 300 mm-hmm. plus homers, 57 RBIs, 142 R- or 57 home runs, 142 RBIs, double digit steals. It's just a cheat code right there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's really quick here, let's wrap up arts, charts, and trends before we go on here too long. So go ahead, LC, take away your arts, charts, and trends. Yeah. Uh, and I want everyone to know that I am waiting. I'm not going to rush through this, even though there's a slice of pizza waiting for me when I'm done. <laughs> I'm hungry right now. I, I, I was lamenting the performance of my DARF team. I am sur- sitting in um, 13th place in DARF. I have been working this roster all season. And sometimes you can lose a draft, lose a league on the draft, apparently. And I was looking at um, my team. I certainly lost, uh, certainly had a poor draft. Um, I lost it in the first few rounds, too. And so I looked at the first few rounds. I looked at the top 50 players drafted by ADP. 
all drafts the last week of draft season from the beginning of April, April 1st until uh, opening day on the 7th. There were 332 drafts on NFBC. I looked at the top 50 players, broke it down by position, see where these players are currently on the Rasball Player Raider. Players I drafted for my Darth League team are not doing very well, but there are some interesting uh, um, observations I've been able to make from doing this little exercise. I want to start off by looking at the catchers and third basemen. There are only a few of each of these taken in the top 50 of uh, ADP this season. The catchers, there were only two. Sal Perez taken at 27. JT Real Muto taken at pick 45. Now, Sal has been the 183rd best player on uh, on the Rasball Player Raider, where, whereas Real Muto has been the 37th. Real Muto definitely been worth that, uh, worth that draft capital. Sal, not worth it. A lot of injuries done in Sal this year. Still, he's going to put together probably close to 20 home runs this season, even though he's missed all that time, and even though he's been a disappointment. Not worth that draft capital, but still a pretty pretty serviceable catcher for you. Third baseman on the whole, very much worth the investment. Three third basemen taken in the top 50, Jose Ramirez, Rafael Devers, and Manny Machado. On average, uh, every one of the three, let me just say, is currently in the top 34 players of of Razball Player Raider uh, Roto Leagues. And uh, all of them are healthy now and, and will be will be uh, performing for the rest of the season, is barring injury. Third base seems to have been a very safe position to take at the top end this year. And um, and if you did that, you are you are sitting pretty. If you did not if you went a different direction like I did, perhaps you went uh, in the direction of second base. Perhaps you went in that direction. Now, if you consider Trey Turner a second baseman, Trey Turner, first overall, the third overall player on the uh, Rasball Player Raider, first overall in ADP. Definitely, definitely those of us, those of you that uh, keyed in on Turner as the top overall pick because you thought he was safe, very much safe, third overall player. Otherwise, uh, second baseman taken in the top 50. Uh, three of the five were major busts, including Ozzie Albies, Trevor Story, and Whit Merrifield. Um, most of those three, all of all three of those are outside of the top 120 players on the Rasball Player Raider, with Albies being the worst pick of the top 50, currently the 409th best player on the Rasball Player Raider, still injured. Hopefully coming back in September, but you got a dud if you went after him. Marcus Semyon, pictured here if you are watching, really got uh, a lot of a lot of pushback on Semyon. That big contract coming off that big season. Semyon, currently the 29th best player on the Rasball Player Ready. You heard it just a few minutes ago. Going 2020 this year, really putting it together for Texas, um, and gave you a good return on your investment. Shortstops. A few years there, shortstops were going fast and furious in the top in the uh top top twenty. Let's see. Someone's All right, I got you. I got you, LC. Right. Shortstops. Um now of the top in the top fifty, I think four shortstops were taken. 
The four shortstop taken in the top 50 were Bo Bichette, Tim Anderson, Xander Bogarts, and Francisco Lindor. Um, Bo Bichette, currently the 60th best rated player, taken fifth overall. Not really a bust. Certainly not where you wanted, but you're not killing. You're not. Your team doesn't stink because of Bo Bichette. Uh, but it might stink because of Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, 25th player off the board. Another one of these guys thought of as a five-tool player. Power did not come through this year. Injuries took him out, out most of the rest of this season. Now, if you went in a different direction, if you went after Xander Bogarts or Francisco Lindor, you got a good return on your investment. Xander Bogarts taking 42nd overall average ADP, 67th best player. That's pretty much what you were hoping for. Definitely a strong season. Lindor, 48th overall. Big bounce back year for our boy Francisco. Currently the 13th rated player uh, by ADP. Definitely, definitely was a uh, was a good contributor. If you got him, you got a good draft price on him. First base, matter of fact, was the safest position to go after in the top 50. Five first basemen were taken in the top 50 picks of this year's draft. Every single one of them is in the top 50. As a matter of fact, every single one of them is in the top 31. Vlad Guerrero, the fourth pick overall, has produced the 20th best season so far. Freddie, 17th overall, has produced the 6th best season. Olsen, 34th overall, produced the 31st best season. Pete Alonzo, 43rd overall, produced the 8th best season. Goldschmidt, 46th ADP, produced the 2nd best season. One of the things that you'll notice on this ADP is that power returned on investment for a lot of players. Um Guys like Freeman, guys like Olsen, guys like Alonzo, power returned on investment. If you were cute with power, if you were trying to get these marginal power guys this year to stack up 15, 20 home run guys, those guys did not get 15, 20 home runs this year. And Benintendi didn't get 15, 20. Tim Anderson didn't get 15, 20. You were hurting if you did not get these guys who were certain big power guys. First base, very safe in the top 50 this year. Outfield, as a matter of fact, also safe in the top 50, unless you drafted Tyler O'Neill pretty much. There were 14 outfielders taken in the top 50. Uh, 13 of them are currently in the top 100 players on the season. The only one not in the top 100, Tyler O'Neill, 187. Outfielders definitely were a fairly safe investment. Of course, you have your 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 big performers, Mookie Betts, thirteenth overall ADP, currently the fifth best. But Aaron Judge, thirty third overall ADP, the top rated player on the Rasball Player Raider, definitely a good position to go after in the top fifty outfielders. But um, Tyler O'Neill, what a lot of people were saying, something I did not believe. I thought he would come back again and do well. Don't buy him on the, uh, you know, at his at his top price. Wait till he's on the come down. Pitchers definitely a tough position to draft in the top fifty this year. Relief pitchers drafting in the top fifty. Now that is um, Rysel Iglesias, that is Liam Hendricks, that is Josh Hader. 
Relief pitchers in the top 50 average a plus 159 difference in their Rasball Player Raider score versus ADP. So we're talking, uh, we're talking um, a Josh Hader who is t- taken 24th and is currently picked, rated 229 on the Rasball ADP. Liam Hendricks taken 30th, currently rated 128 on the Rasball Player Raider. Rysel Iglesias taken 47th, currently ranked 223 on the Rasball Player Raider. Relief pitchers did not return investment uh, this draft season if you p- took them high like this. Starters, on the other hand, of the 13 starting pitchers taken in the top 50, four have, have big busts uh, uh, looking at them right now. Walker Bueller, Brennan Woodruff, who's currently who was taken 19th and currently is the 120th rated player on the Rasball Player Raider. Uh, Lucas Giolito and Freddie Peralta, I would say, currently look like disappointments and or busts out of the other nine though they look all fairly good guys like robbie ray who were considered really shaky produced a solid season this year zach wheeler late injury concerns produced a solid season this year Uh, max scherzer age concerns produced a solid season this year the best pitcher drafted in the top 50 the highest rated pitcher drafted in the top 50 though sandy alcantara 19th overall so it definitely looks like if you're going into next year one of the things you're going to want to target is that certain power guys you can really get the ball out of the park not this just barely over the fence power that returned on investment very well this year and also your starting pitcher you got a keyhole on the good ones uh I would not go relief pitcher high next year and starting pitcher. Definitely, definitely be very careful who you go with. So uh, that's how we've been looking so far. Your top 50 picks. Uh, I, I certainly think you, you can, you can really do some damage to your overall season by, by screwing up these top 50. And I did on my Darfleet team, but as I can see, you can see here, a lot of players drafting the top 50 have had a rough season so far. So those are the trends I'm looking at so far this week. Oh, nice, nice smile from Doc there at the end. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to wrap us up. We went a little long here. We've really been pretty good at keeping it around an hour, but a lot of great conversation and information in this episode. So sometimes if that happens, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoy another great episode of the TPF Baseball Pod. Doc, Marty, LC. Anything uh, you guys want to plug here before we get out of here? I know Marty, two-star pitchers, make sure they find it where? He'll be at Fantrax this Sunday morning. So I know a lot of uh, people are heading in their head-to-head leagues uh, in the, into the playoffs. So keep an eye out for that. I would like to personally shout out Gunnar Henderson for hitting a home run today in his first major league uh, baseball game. And he is the youngest Oriole to leave the yard at 21 years and 63 days. So that's mm. pretty cool. And then um, lastly, first pitch, Arizona. I'm excited to uh, to meet you both, Doc and D. Mendy. Art, you'll be there in spirit and probably on an iPad. I'll carry you around my neck so everyone knows you're there with us. But, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you. That's Thank right. You. Marty Party, uh, Marty Party, myself, and Doc will be at first pitch, Arizona this year. We're very pumped for that. Get to meet a lot of our baseball friends and get to go to some conferences, do some drafts. We have a very fun few days there. Very excited for that. Doc, anything you want to add or should we wrap this puppy up? Um, when Marty said that Gunnar Henderson homered at 21 years old and I realize I'm 28 now, starting to feel a little old. 
There you go. LC, put the bow on it. Ah, and he said, man, a few words. He wants that pizza. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, let's let LC go get his pizza for Doc, for LC, Marty Party, MD Mendy. That's going to wrap us up another episode here. So until the next one, wham, bam, baby, we go.